Welcome to the Crazy Egg Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Teddy. No matter where you are in the world, thank you for making this part of your day. Thank you for taking a listen. I appreciate all the support out there. Uh, please subscribe and rate the podcast if you can, guys. It really helps the show grow. I know everybody kind of pounds that into your head in this podcast world, but please take a minute and do it if you can. Rate the show and subscribe, please. I hope everyone's doing well. I hope everyone's enjoyed this midweek European football. I'm gearing up for an exciting week, especially for us Ike fans. And the, I, for us, I could see this in the Super League. All right, so let's get to it. This is the way this episode is going to go. I'm going to talk about some, obviously, some big news in the Ike world in general. Uh, the two signings we signed yesterday. And then... Uh, have a little preview of the Panathinaikos match, a little preview of all the other top five teams competing this weekend, and then close it out hopefully with a little bit of uh, Eurobasket news. So let's get to it, guys. All right, so as many of you know, Ike signed uh, Tom Van, Van Wirt from Volos, a center forward. All right, so let me talk about this for a second. Um, I don't know. I think it's a good signing. I mean, the guy did come in top scorer in the Super League last year. How's he going to perform at Ike, being in the fact that Ike, obviously a bigger club, there's going to be more pressure on him um, coming into the side. And he's a little bit of a different center forward than Araujo. Araujo, I know the past couple of games has not been good, but hopefully, maybe in training... They got, he got himself together because I feel like he was definitely tracking back, is <clears throat> tracking back into the field, both to defend and to come get the ball in the midfield the last couple of games. So hopefully, Araujo can, he wasn't, he wasn't playing the center forward position. Sorry, guys. He kept tracking back and it was just, it was awful to see. I know he feels like he needs to come get the ball. I feel like Pineda was also playing way too close to him. Um, all that being said, I know I'm kind of <clears throat> mixing it up here a little bit with talking about Van Wirt as the new signing and then um, Araujo, but supposedly he's going to be a, a sub or either. I mean, I think in some games he can play with Araujo because he's more of a box the box type of forward but he can also play a little bit outside. I and mean, we saw him play together with uh, um, Fernandez at uh, Volos. So I think it's a good signing. Personally, I think if, if this was a target of yours, especially when you knew you were going to get rid of Karim Asarifad, you should have just went ahead and signed him then. I mean, why have the guy compete against you? And then, I mean, do I want to believe management and what they said as far as that they were looking at other people and maybe everything kind of fell through. So they had to go to this, um, you know, the next man up on their, on their list. And it just happened to be him. Um, as always, I mean, I talked about this a lot with Gatsinovic that this happens in the Greek super league where, a, I mean, it happens in all leagues, honestly, where, if a player does well, bigger teams will come in and, and, and scoop them up. 
I mean, honestly, guys, if you guys remember Daniel Verde, he was in... There were talks and rumors about him going to Juventus. Uh, Daniel Verde, who was... Uh, who was an Ike player just a few years ago. So this happens. But in the Greek League, I feel like it's especially important because you already know he's had success. Now, like I said before, would the success translate to a bigger club? We don't know that yet. Um, <clears throat> I think it's a good signing. Uh, was I hoping was for something a little bit better? Yeah, honestly. Because, I mean, listen, Albanis came in first score in the Super League and then we got him and... He never developed or never played to his potential at Ike for some reason. I think it's more of a developmental issue, and I'll get into that a little bit later. Um, but you don't know how it's going to translate, so we'll see what happens. I mean, I, he's going to help the team, so I'm excited to see him play. Uh, and then the bigger news, obviously, World Cup winner, Jibril Sidibe. French international, uh, whose contract had run up at Monaco, joins Ike. This is a big signing. I feel like even if he comes in at a a percentage of the of the potential that he has, that he's going to perform at that pivotal position that we need right back help that I've always talked about. Do I feel like they should have signed at least one more right back and one more left back after that? Yes, because I don't know if this guy's going to be able to perform at a high level, especially right away at the at the Super League. How motivated is he going to be? Um, we've seen so far that players come in motivated. I think that's one thing we have to give Almeida is that his players are at least ready to play, or at least they seem that way. Um, he could take a little bit longer because he signs as a, as a free player, and even though he's been doing um, personal workouts. He hasn't, I don't think he's match fit, so he might take a few weeks. So thank goodness we have that international break coming up. I think we'll see him probably after the international break, unless he really does come in like really, really match fit. Who knows? Um, Pretty exciting stuff. It's. I mean, when you can get a guy of this caliber that's a World Cup winner and has played at a high level, he's played for Everton, he's played for Monaco, I think in... Mon- at Monaco, he played in the Champions League final, if I'm not mistaken, if I heard that right. So, uh, they say that the transfers are closed now for Ike, that they're not looking at any more players, but that's still, I mean, we still have, as of today, I think uh, <clears throat> it's getting ready to be the ninth. <clears throat> we still have um, six more days, almost a week left of transfers, and then... After that, we have until the 30th of September to sign, like, free agent players. So you never know what could happen. And you never know who could be at the mo- on the move. You know, we heard rumors about Levy Garcia being gone or Amrabat being gone. So we shall see. I, I, I can kind of see Amrabat being gone because I feel like there's not really a place for him on this team anymore. He's a great player, and I, I want to keep everybody. But now that you have the emergence of Eliasson, where he can play in a lot of different positions, it looks like. And um, this is one thing that's shaping up, like I talked about a few weeks ago, where this is a roster that's very deep. Almeida's going to be able to look at the bench and know who to have a lot of options there over who to play. Um, So we can afford to lose 
um, Amrabat, I feel like Levy Garcia, unless there's a really, really good price for him. I know I ragged on the player a couple of weeks ago, but we can't let him go now. Um, I feel like it's too late in the season to find that, to replace that type of quality and replace a player that was a vocal point of your, what you want to do offensively and what you want to build around the team. Um, I think it's too late in the season for that. And a player that you had since, uh, you know, the, the major preparation part, the major, the majority of the preseason training. So, but we'll see what happens. We have a few more days till the Greek transfer window closes. And then the end of the month is when we can sign free players. So let's see what happens. All right. Let's get into the fun stuff. Breaking down this Panathinaikos Ike match in Lo Foros. Oh, gosh. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch this match or not. Maybe just listen to it on the radio. But um, it's going to be massively exciting. That atmosphere, those Panathinaikos fans are going to be pumped. It's going to be something to watch. Uh, they can they can build a nice atmosphere in Los Fotos, obviously, for the size of Panathinaikos as a club. They obviously do need a bigger stadium eventually, but it's it's a huge game. It's the first big dar- derby of the year. No slight to Adi's Balk last week, but, I mean, you know, Panathinaikos, after many years, they've even said it themselves. They're ready to make a title run. And then going up against us, the rivals, Ike. And this is the classic Athenian rival. Um, this is, even though relations between both fan bases have not been as, 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 as crazy because of, you know, everybody kind of has become, I don't want to use this term, anti-Olibacos, but it is what it is. I mean, when a team wins so much in the last 30 years, they've won, what, like 27 championships or something, then, of course, your your main rival is going to switch and become Olympiacos. But, you know, this, if you talk to Ike fans even older than myself, this was the premier rivalry. This was the game that they couldn't wait for. And we haven't won there since 1997. Some of you that are probably going to listen to this weren't probably even born in 1997. So, um, I really hope that... Uh, Oh, gosh. Hold on. Let me get into this first. So I woke up this morning, and I was like, all right, it's going to be a good day. I made myself some coffee, made some breakfast, you know, like getting stuff ready. And then I picked up my phone, and I was like, all right, let's see what's in the news today. And the first thing that I saw was this alert that I had gotten. Let's see that Opolo was going to referee. I can't even, get, I can't even get, get it out, and I can't see that Opolo was going to referee the Panathinaikos Ike match this weekend. And I nearly almost, I don't know how else to say this, S the brick out. Like, I can't, you know, there's no other way to say it then. I'm like, really, th- this this referee out of all people, you have to be joking. And I heard that overnight there was this huge fasadilla that even Marinaki went in and um, got into an argument with... Uh, President of Epo, whatever. I don't know, man. Like, really, this S-housery that exists in Greek football is just beyond me, man. It's like, it's like, what are we doing? I mean, this guy, I have to say this in Greek, so I'm sorry. Masehis Foxy. And 
μας έχει σφάξει αυτός. Εν έχει σφάξει, τους έχει σφάξει όλους. Όλους, I'd hate to say it in these terms, guys, but like I said here, I'm going to talk about everything. This guy seems like in the Valtos of the Vora. You know, the only team that he's ever played 50-50 or even given calls to is Pauk. So, go figure. I mean, you know, we uh, we Ike fans, we know our issues with Sideropolo and the fact that they were going to put this. And I don't, I don't get this because, okay, there's been this whole argument over some teams voted to have foreign refs for derbies. Some teams voted not to. I don't give a crap about all that. But make a freaking decision as a league. Just last week, you had a deadbeat with Adis Balk, foreign refs. Why would you change it this week? Why? Especially to a guy that you know has not done a good job the past few years. And I'm sorry, you know, conspiracy theories aside, if these refs, these Greek refs really, really suck so bad, then freaking do something about it, Apple. Get... Give them the top-notch training. Give them more money. Penalize them more when they make huge mistakes. And the problem is, it's not, you know, when a few years ago when VAR came into our lives and we thought, okay, VAR is here. You know, you guys remember all those memes that were going around with um, with uh, Johnny Depp and the little crying kid where it was like the title was like, Yetikles Fidaraco. And the little kid was crying. You guys probably know what I'm talking about, but like we were all, all Greek fans. And I mean, Olibiaki too, because they, they don't like the fact they're labeled as this team that gets calls and blah, 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 blah. And anyway, but I mean, if it's such an issue, then, then figure out a way to fix it. The problem is we don't want to fix these things. Or Apple, not we. We we want things to be fixed as fans, but I don't know, man. It's just it's it's beyond me. It's the uh, well, supposedly <laughs> see that Opal is out. So good riddance. I don't ever want to see you referee another game again. If you could help it, that's how much I don't like that guy. Um, but let's get to the actual match, guys. Like we said, the atmosphere is going to be crazy. Yeah, I feel like this is a very hyped up Panathinaikos Ike derby for a long time. Um, they both want to show their teeth. They both want to make make a statement. So it's going to be interesting to see the chess match between Almeida and Ivanovic, and this is what kind of concerns me a little bit because Ivanovic, we know he's a good he's a good coach. He's a good in-game manager. Uh, we haven't seen that side of Almeida yet. You know, Almeida, I, I've gotten on his back the past few games uh, about some of his decisions, <clears throat> um, what formation he's going to play. I know he wants to stick to that formation with, let's just say, it with three at the back. But I feel like in the, in this type of game, and, and he's... I mean, this guy knows more football than I could ever know in my life, probably. But in this type of game, I really hope he goes with four at the back. Because I think three at the back would give us a lot of trouble. Especially, I don't want to see Hanji Safi start again. 
I don't know if Muhammadi's the answer back there if you put three at the back. And we don't even know if, if Harold is ready to play yet. So I really think he's going to put four at the back. Um, we really need to watch that right side. This is exactly why or the left side of us, the right side where Panathinaikos will be attacking. Because Kaji Safi just got, I mean, just took last week. I don't know how else to say it. He just, I mean, the wind was blowing by him. Um, and I really feel like there's going to be a lot of questions asked if he if he gets that start and he's not, he does, he's not at a certain level because I could see on both sides of the the ball, both uh, Aidor and Palacios really making moves with us at the back. Now, that'll kind of give us a little bit of confidence. I mean, I think Panathinaikos has a lot of questions at the back also. Um, as far as I heard the other day that Sekefeld was going to be a last-minute decision, so he might not even start again. Um, I really think both teams are going to come out and go at each other. But I wouldn't be surprised if the exact opposite happens, that if it's just kind of one of those like lukewarm games that starts at first where both teams are kind of nervous because they realize the gravity of this game and they come out and it's kind of like they're feeling each other out for the first like 20, 20 or 15, 20 minutes or so. Um, but I think someone's gonna is going to make moves. I could see both of them attacking each other. Um, really, because they both have questions at the back. So, again, will Hadzi start? I don't know. <clears throat> Steven Zubel left practice yesterday with uh, some tightening in one of his legs. We'll see what happens there. Um, but just a massive match for both clubs. I mean... Like I said, there hasn't been a, a game of this caliber in this derby to mean so much in a long time. Because it's early on in the season and I feel like both teams are ready to make a statement like we're here. I think if Panathinaikos wins, honestly, they've solidified themselves as a contender. Um, to go 4-4-4 four for four when no one else has gone 4-4-4. Four for four. If Ike wins, we're back in the thick of things. I really think for Ike, we just need a result. We just need a result and anything less than that. I'm not going to say Almeida is going to be on the hot seat, but I think it's definitely going to start getting warmer. But it also depends on how you lose. Like, if they play good, miss chances, and then, you know, a deadby is a deadby. Like, things happen in derbies. That's why we love them. They're amplified losses, goals are amplified in, in database, so you never know what's going to happen. If they play good and they lose, Almeida still won't get a pass, but if if at least we play good, we could say, okay, we're a little behind, but they played good. If we play like crap and we lose, and God forbid if we lose big, then I could see that seat getting a little warm under Almeida's. Um, <clears throat> under Omeda's behind. Um, I really, you know, I was sitting here thinking before I came onto the podcast. Prediction-wise, oh man, I really think this is up in the air. 
I think it's either going to be a dramatic um, 2-1 Ike victory. I think it's either going to be a dramatic 2-1 victory, let's say, for either team. Or I feel like it's going to be a nice 2-2 draw with a lot of goals, a lot of, you know, emotion, a lot of intensity. That's one thing that I liked about Ike last week that I didn't mention in the podcast. Uh, I really, really liked their passion and their intensity. I felt like that was there. I felt like the play was kind of eh, etsy-getsy, but I felt like the intensity was there. And that's one thing you have to say about Almeida. Like I said, Almeida's going to have players ready to play. And I don't want to preach patience again. Um, There was even, there's a funny thing I was thinking about uh, doing an overreaction podcast next week. That means like taking all the top five teams and kind of seeing where they're at. And especially, obviously, Ike. And right after the Deadby win and kind of overreact, either good or bad. And over try to grab the pulse of all these fan bases of the top five and what their overreaction sides are like. Because even today with Olympiacos in Europe, I mean the player Pipa, you guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, even with Olympiacos in Europe, I mean I turned the radio on right afterwards and there's a guy, God bless him, an Olympiacos fan, talking about wanting Taki Lemons back. I just wanted to pull my hair out. <laughs> I wanted to pull my hair out for all my logical Olibecos fans out there. Uh, that's what we don't want at Ike, you know. And and I think the hard thing is for this guy to, for Almeida to make it, to bring it back to us, for Almeida to make it, the hard thing is we see how down of a year Olibecos is having. We see, like, nobody, except for Panathinaikos right now, are gelling in really playing well. Not Panathakos isn't playing well, but they're they're a team man. You can tell they're they're well managed. Uh they've been playing since most of the players have been playing since last year. You know, we're still in that us or Bao either have new players, Aris, Kala Aris, Aris and Aris. But we're all trying to, you know, Olibiacos is going through this major overhaul. Bauk are going through this major overhaul where they're bringing in new players. They're holding on to Luchescu for dear life. We're trying to rebuild or whatever the heck we're trying to do. Um, and especially for us, like we get amped up because it's like the league is right there for the taking because you don't know if you're going to find all these teams, you know, with Barthaneco's getting better now. I mean, it really is. I feel like over the next few years, if everyone can stay strong. It could potentially become one of those leagues where it's, you know, maybe one or two teams are really, really going for the title, but then you also have those two or three teams underneath that can can break through, and we could have like a five horse race. Uh, um, but yeah, I was <laughs> wanting to do an overreaction podcast next week, but I was like, I overreact every week, so what's the point of that? So that's how I see it, guys. I either see a 2-1 victory for either club. I think both defenses are kind of a little, still a little shaky, still trying to develop a little bit to where someone's going to make a mistake. Um, where they 
both can concede. I really don't see Panathinaikos sitting back, which I feel like is going to give us more room, uh, which is good for players like Pineda to really get into the game. Um, hopefully, if Zubr plays, he can play a little bit better. His, you know, his intensity, his his ability to track back has been there. His intensity has been there, like I just said. We just haven't seen that quality finishing yet that we're that we want to see out of Steven Zuber. Um, so that's how I see it, guys. Either two one going to, either you know, hopefully for Ike. Uh, if we can get this, it would be a massive win. It would completely lift the whole club up. Um, well, I was gonna talk about. I think I'm gonna wait till next week. Uh, I recently watched. Two very interesting interviews on the show called Betarades on YouTube. If you guys are Greek speakers, or even if you're not, if you check them out. Uh, I know on some of their episodes they have English subtitles. They had an in, a very interesting interview with Yorgos Gakoumakis, who now plays for Celtic, the former Ike player. You know, you guys remember that goal he scored against Olympiakos in, in Karaskaki. Uh, he talks about that a little bit, but he did talk about how and and these these are his words not mine and he didn't mean it if it if I misquoted or it comes out kind of derogatory I apologize he did not mean these words in a derogatory manner in a bad manner like like I'm about to say them but he said Ike are a big club but they're not run like a big club and that confirm some of the fears that I have talked about as far as like player development and where where's this club as a whole um very interesting I think I'll talk about that more some other time uh because I also want to watch because I finished that interview I watched the interview with Vasily Sartas which is very interesting and then I also want to see their interview with Barkas um I have to say, all these guys so far have had nothing but good things to say about Milisanidi. So, anyways, I'll talk about that some other time. Let me go through real quick um, what I think the rest of the league is going to look like this week. Just some predictions. All right, so then we have Olympiacos versus Volos. Uh Gosh, after the Olympiacos performance today, not to beat them while they're down. But I, it wouldn't surprise me if Volos can play the same way they did against Ike. They could they could get a result here. It's going to be difficult for Volos, but they could get a result. Uh, I think Olympiacos pull through in the end and will get the victory because they desperately, desperately need it. And it's Greece, so even with a little push from the refs, I think they're going to get they're going to get the result. But don't be shocked if something crazy happens and Volos get the victory or they're able to pull off a point. And then we have Tripoli and Aris. Uh, this game, I really am looking at it right now. I really don't know. though. I'll give Adi the benefit of the doubt. They've got too much talent on that team. But Tripoli also have... They're very experienced. They're a very experienced Super League club. And they have very experienced players. So wouldn't shock me if Adi's beginning to really start to spiral out of control. 
even with their new manager that they had just appointed, you know, it's first week. I mean, they'll probably lose in the fire again. Who knows what Gary Pidis wants to do. Bauk, I think Lamia could give them fits, but I really don't see any other way. I think Bauk will win this game. Uh, but again, I think in all three of these matchups, there's a chance for one of these other contenders, big five, what have you, <clears throat> might slip up a little bit. Should be an interesting weekend if you guys can watch some of these games, yes. And then I also saw, what else did I see on the docket? Ofi Panadolikos is very interesting. Ofi really needs points. Panadolikos has been playing well this season. That should be a very good game. There's a lot of good games like that from the quote-unquote smaller sides going on this weekend too. So try to catch as much Greek football as you can. Obviously, I know it's hard for everybody. Um, it's also hard if you got, you know, Ofi and Panadolikos and then you got, well, I was going to say an English Premier League game, but I think I heard on the radio earlier today because of the death of the Queen it's being suspended I think for a week uh, but yeah, anyway when there's better quality games on like Serie A or Bundesliga or La Liga I know it's hard to be like well I'm going to watch <laughs> no slight on both of those teams but you guys know what I'm trying to say all right, let's leave all the football behind for a second and talk about the Eurobasket. And not very many notes on this, guys. I tried to watch more games. Um, as I said, I would. I think there was only two after my last podcast. So, Atlanta first defeated Ukraine, and that was for sole position of first place in the group. Um, they struggled. Greece struggled a little bit in the first half. But, and Ukraine really surprised them, I feel like. I feel like, I'm not trying to say that this is what they did. I think they were trying to just not put so much energy forth. Because, you know, in the knockout rounds, they're going to have so many more intense matchups. I'm not saying that's what they did. They could have just fallen behind. They could have just been having a bad day in the first half. But in the second half, I mean, it was it was lights out. I mean, uh, Ukraine was up six or seven at the half. And then by the end of the third quarter, they were down by 13, 14. And then not even by the middle of the fourth quarter, it was a 20-point lead for a loss. So... Um, Saw some good things again. Like I said, basketball guard plays a big thing. And we have great guards like Kalathis and Slukas. And um, uh, what's his name? Um, Oh, my gosh. Tyler. uh, You guys know what I'm trying to say. Tyler. uh, I forget his name right now. He's shooting the ball lights out. Of course, when you have a beast like Yanni, he's playing at the level that he's playing always helps and the fact that they didn't need to waste this much energy to get these last two wins and in all completely in all complete honesty oh my gosh in all complete honesty guys I didn't even watch the game against Estonia no slight on Estonia or any Estonian listeners out there if there are any but I was like "Ah, I'm not even gonna bother and then I just checked the score I honestly, it's not because I didn't want to watch it. I just had a busy morning this morning, and 
was not able to really keep up with the match. Um, and then we move on to the round of 16, which really, really blows because of the timing. It's the same exact time of the deadbeat. The deadbeat starts at 9.30 Greek time. The basketball game is going to be at 9.45 Greek time. So I don't know how much I'm going to be able to catch. Obviously, I want to watch Ike. I want to watch Ethniki. Who knows? Um, but we're playing against the Czech Republic, and it's time for payback. Czech Republic, I'm almost 99.9% sure of this, but they knocked us out of being in the Olympics last year. But it was without a bunch of players. It was without, I just remembered his name, Tyler Darcy. It was without any of the Atatekumbo brothers. I think the only one that played last year for the Ethniki was maybe Costa, if memory serves correct. But I remember the Czech Republic pretty much embarrassed us guys to qualify for the Olympics. So uh, paybacks that you know what, hopefully. Um, hopefully they do good. We can keep talking about Eurobasket. But they looked good, man. They looked, I mean, it looks like we're on a crash course collision, whatever you want to say, uh, to play Serbia for the gold. That's my feeling. Um, I don't know whether it's going to happen or not. And Serbia is one of those teams that, okay, so really quickly. In the 90s, when I watched a lot of that play, it was always Yugoslavia and slash what became Serbia later on, which was always our Achilles heel. They beat us in every tournament. Um, they beat us in the basketball World Cup, per se. I forget how they, what they call it. Um, that was in Athens. Just, if I remember correctly, it was in 2000. I think it was 2000. Don't quote me on it, but I think it was the year 2000. Um, they were just always that one team that knocked us out. And then it, after in Serbia had a few down years where we didn't play them in the tournament, then Spain became that team, you know, <laughs> you know, where we were losing the Spain in tournaments. So, I mean, anything could happen. Like I said, knockout basketball is like knockout football. Like when it's one and done, it becomes very interesting. So, I mean, this Czech Republic team was played good basketball last year against us. So they really need to look out. I'm sure the the coach and the players will be ready to play. Uh, hopefully we'll do good. All right, guys. Um, as far as a post-game pod, I don't know. I'm really hoping to maybe be able to put out a little bit of a small episode um, Sunday after the match. Just to say a few words, maybe for like 10, 15 minutes. And then... Take a deep dive in the middle of the week. Um, just have a very busy work schedule starting this weekend and then early part of next week. So hopefully I'll put something out like that and then really dive into the breakdown of the post-Athenian Derby. Or post-Athenian Derby, excuse me. Uh, hopefully it should be a good one. Hopefully I, the Gefali can get a can get a victory for us. I can see this. We really need it. Let's make some moves and go for that gold. Hope you guys have a great weekend. You guys know what to do. 
like my Facebook page, Crazy Ike Fan. Follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Crazy Ike Fan. Και όπως πάντα παιδιά, φόρζα Ike, άρα και πάμε στο λεωφόρο να κάνουμε κλέντη την Κυριακή, hopefully. Άντε, να είστε καλά.